All right, everybody. Welcome to the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm uh, your host, Anthony Scandariato, uh, uh, co-founder of uh, Red Knight Properties. And today uh, we have a very special guest. Um, I was actually on his podcast the other week and uh, wanted to return the favor and, and bring him on. And he's a great guy and he's doing some really exciting things. And he can kind of um, walk everybody through his story, um, very, very similar um, to mind in some aspects. Uh, he, he had a nine to five and he eventually left that. So we really want to hear um, how he did that through um, real estate and, uh, you know, why he did that and, um, you know, what, what were the motivations behind it. I think it would be a great, great um, motivation for my listeners and, and an inspiration to a lot of people out there. So uh, Will is now the one of the founders of CEO Capital Partners. And um, I'll let Will take it from here. So what's going on, Will? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Anthony. I'm excited to talk. And, and like you said, we both have that, uh, that background where we had high wage W2 jobs and just realized that there was uh, more to life than that. And we wanted to think a little bit bigger, or at least that's kind of how I thought. I'm pretty sure you did too. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely a way to think. So, yeah. so kind of, can you, can you walk people through your background? And Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. So uh, growing up, I was, I'll take it way back. I was always entrepreneurial. My dad and mom, they raised me. Um, and, and my dad's always been in business. And he raised me with the mindset, uh, you don't want to go up the ladder, you want to own the ladder. So I was always, you know, we'd go out to eat, I'd go to um, I remember that I think it was like late nineties when Chipotle was first coming on the scene and I'd go there and I'd be like, Oh, this, this food's amazing. I want to work here one day. And he'd be like, no, 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 you don't want to work here. You want to own one of these. So he always put that, uh, he always instilled that in me. And I'm very grateful for that. And I, uh, so I started out, what I did was I sold golf balls. I lived on a, our house, we lived on five acres. It backed to a public course and everybody that played there sucked and they'd shank their balls into the woods and I'd go find them in the woods, clean them up. And then I'd take them across the street of my, I'd go through my front yard and then across the street and I'd sell them on the private course where people typically had a little bit more money and uh, were better golfers. And it was pure profit. It was just sweat equity because I was finding them and, you know, wasn't paying anything for them. So that was my first taste in, uh, in, in business, if you will. And I remember one day I made like $100 and I was seven or eight years old. It was crazy. Um, so from then on, that really, I, I really had the, uh, that was the light bulb moment where I realized that if I want something or if really anybody wants something, you can, I mean, this is America. This is the greatest country on the, on the planet. You can really work and, and get whatever you uh, want here. So, um, so that's why I realized and fast forward as I got into high school, I, I, I did those, I did odd jobs, cut lawns, was always entrepreneurial because my parents never really, um, you know, it was, if I wanted a new dirt bike or anything like that, I always had to figure out a way to come up with the money. So I wasn't given anything. And I'm, again, I'm grateful for that as well. And got into high school and then I started to go down the wrong path. I got into drugs and alcohol. And when I went to college, it just got, uh, just got way worse. And there was a, a string of events, um, in late in, in mid to late 2012. Um, I got a couple possession charges and, uh, minor, minor MIP as well. And it was just, it wasn't fun. And I ended up uh, having this real bad blackout and then got, um, you know, I, I woke up the next day. It was crazy. 
And then a family friend, long story short, a family friend was in my parents' driveway and he's like, Hey, I, um, I, I, I know that you had a crazy night last night. Why don't we get together and, um, would love to talk just man to man. So we talk, he was an 18 year, he was 18 years sober at the time. And he told me his story and it was identical to mine. And he admit, you know, he was an admitted alcoholic and that's when I realized that I was as well. And it was a total God thing. Totally. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and my faith is really what got me uh, to really stick with sobriety. And I ended up coming home from uh, university of South Carolina, got sober. And uh, it was, it was one of the best, best things I did. So then from there, I uh, walked on, played football to school in Ohio, then transferred. Um, and oh, no, no, no. Then I got double hip surgery. And that was the end of that. Then I got in the mortgage business. And that's kind of where their whole real estate stuff started. Um, and that was the, the high wage job that I had. So I was working in the mortgage business. And for the first year, I just learned the business. And then after, um, after uh, about a year, I jumped out into sales. I was chomping at the bit. I wanted to get out into sales the first day I was there. Um, but they knew that I needed to, to learn. I was only 22 and had very few life skills. So <laughs> I needed to, and no degree. So I, um, I learned the business, jumped out into sales and, um, and bought, bought one house with the money I was making, bought another and, um, and then bought a third. And then I realized that, uh, that single family is, is, is not the way to go, especially in the DC area where houses are just ridiculously expensive. Um, so I had this weird, you know, the mortgage business was, is, it's a great business. You can make a lot of money. Um, but it's a, it's a grind and I felt like a hamster on a wheel. So that's, that's kind of where I got to there. If we want to unpack that a little, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, that was, that was great. Um, really inspiring, uh, at least for me so far and, um, <laughs> relatable, um, to, to myself in some respects. And I'm sure relatable to a lot of, um, our listeners here. Um, and, and you, you've come a long way, so you should be pretty damn proud of yourself. Oh, at least you. I would be. I'm sure your folks are pretty proud of yourself too, proud of you as well. Um, so, so kind of talk about, um, your experience a little bit. I'm sure our listeners would love to know, a little bit more about, you know, you started out with single family. Yeah. Now they want, we want to hear like what you're doing now. What are you sure. focusing on now? Yeah. So starting out single family, I did a house hack before I even knew what that word meant. Um, so did a house hack where I moved into a three bedroom townhouse. I had two roommates and, and that was the light bulb moment where I realized that, that real estate is, is the way to go. You know, I wasn't, I was basically breaking even on the mortgage uh, living there and they were, you know, I was reaping the benefits of, uh, all, all the, the tax benefits and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, building that equity. So that was the first one. The second one, after I had been working in the in the mortgage business for a while, my bank account, you know, I was pretty cash heavy. And I was like, well, what do I do with this money? I don't really know anything about the stock market. So I just bought another house and then it happened again. And these, just to put it in perspective, these, one of the houses that I bought was over $400,000. They weren't cheap. Um, you know, they weren't little $50,000 houses out in Alabama or anything yeah. like that. They were, they were expensive. And, and I realized that there was a scalability issue with single family. Um, and I started running into, I had a tenant stop paying me. I had another tenant that 
you know, she'd call me when a, when a light bulb went out. So I, um, I just realized that single family might not be the, uh, the way to, uh, to, to really build a lot of wealth and passive income. So I stumbled upon, I believe it was actually Michael Blanc's podcast. I stumbled on that and that was kind of the aha moment. And I just dove into apartments and figured out, I just started learning that, learning about, about apartments and, and syndication, just how it all worked. And it, it was amazing. I never even knew that that existed. I never, syndication was, was a foreign term to me. I had no clue what it meant. I figured that all these big apartment buildings were just owned by some very wealthy individual. I had no idea that there were ownership groups purchasing these properties. So I dove in, I obsess over things. Obviously I have an addictive nature. I was into drugs and all that. So I have a very addictive nature and I just dove all in. And every time I was in my car, I was listening to a podcast. Every time I was at home and had some free time, I was reading, uh, I was reading all these multifamily books, Paul Moore's book, uh, Corey Peterson, just all the different multifamily books. And, um, and then I finally got to the point where it was like, it was like, I was in this constant state of learning and I realized that I needed to take action. Um, so after a few months, it was like, I'm not learning. I, I, I think I know enough to where the only way I'm going to learn further is actually jumping out, talking to brokers and, and taking action. So that's what I did. And uh, I, started, I started doing that, started talking to brokers. And, um, and I actually, um, I went under contract on a deal. It was a 14 unit about four hours from where I live. That deal ended up dying. But soon after that, um, some people that I am in a uh, partnership with now at CEO Capital Partners, they, uh, one of the guys I went to high school with and his dad, they were doing it together. So they came to me and they were like, hey, hey, um, can you help us help us raise for this one deal? Uh, I said, yeah, of course. I was, I was so hungry to get into a deal. So um, so we were planning for that. If that one ended up dying as well, because we found out it was zoned as a motel and not market rate apartment. So, um, so that was a big issue. But shortly after that, we had an opportunity to all form and merge together. And that's when we created uh, CEO Capital Partners. And right after that, we had an opportunity to raise for somebody else's deal. Um, so we got in on that as a co-sponsor. We had some other roles as well. And we raised about half a million dollars. And, and that was really cool. That was like the first, it was like, okay, now I feel legit. We've done it. We've raised money. This is exciting. Let's do some more. Um, so that's, uh, that's where we got. And then a few weeks later, we ended up uh, uh, on a smaller deal. We were brought in as a co-sponsor and raised about 400000 on that one. It was a much smaller raise. So we actually viewed even though that was less money raised, um, we viewed it as a, as a success. So, so we were able to get into those really quick and, and, um, and it was, it was, it was good. So that's, that's kind of what to, I think, and answer your question, that was a long way <laughs> to answer your oh, question, great. but, but multifamily is, is, uh, is, is so much more efficient, in my opinion, than single family because you got everything under one roof. You got, you don't have a hundred HVACs all over, you know, the state or multiple states. Um, it's all confined. You get economies of scale, <laughs> which drives down the management costs. It drives down the utility costs. It, it just makes more sense economically 
to, to do it that way. I, I always liken it to when I was first explaining it to people, it's like shopping at Costco, you know, you're buying in bulk. So you get a discount. <laughs> at least you yeah. hope you get a discount. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Depends what, as a, what market you're in, but yeah. yeah and that's as great. of late deals have been so expensive. So yeah. there hasn't been yes. a ton of discount, but yeah, that's you're right. Exactly. No, that, that was amazing. So basically you had two opportunities you were working on that kind of went to the hate side and then miraculously maybe it was by fate. Um, you had, you, now you had two other opportunities that yeah. you did and now it's it was kind of, it was, it was pretty incredible how it came about. And, and that's amazing because at least for me personally and a few other people in, in my business that I know of, they're working on something very similar. They're working on something. They were getting their name out there. It might, you know, they're working on it or somebody outbid them or whatever the case may be. But then a week later, another opportunity comes and it's even better. And uh, exactly. it's, it's insane. I mean, I've experienced it personally. Um, it more, that might just be more of a, a question of fate. Um, but no, it's so true. And I was, I mean, to put it on a timeline, that was from when I started taking action and talking to brokers, that was probably to, to when we did our, to when we got into those first, de- I mean, the first deal was, was in, when was it? It was in, uh, I, I believe it was May or April of last year. And then the next one was like three weeks later. So it was, it was so fast. But before that, when we had the two deals die and, uh, you know, I was looking through it, I underwrote a ton of deals and there was just nothing, uh, submitted tons of LOIs, didn't get any, you know, had to play bridesmaid a bunch of times. And that was, that was probably seven, eight months. So, I mean, it was like, it was a goose egg for seven or eight months. And then it just, came out of nowhere. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. It, it feels like you're not making any progress and then something can just come out of the blue and it can turn everything around. No, hundred percent agree. And if, if you could kind of talk a little, so you've been uh, obviously on the very active side and for our listeners that, you know, that's called the general partnership side or a few terms thrown out there um, in real estate. Now, a lot of people, at least that I work with, and I'm sure that you work with too, don't want to manage the property, don't want to underwrite deals. Um, they either work a full-time job as a lawyer, doctor, broker, whatever the case may be, um, and want exposure to real estate because we're recording this um, during coronavirus and the market's all over the place. Right. In general, in general, the market's all over the place. So um, people, in my experience, want to diversify into hard assets that are you know, safe and tangible, and, and that exactly. leads to real estate. So I guess the question I have for you is, you know, why, why did you choose, you already talked about single family versus multifamily, but why did, I guess, you choose multifamily as the investment vehicle to attract your, um, you know, uh, investors to come in with you passively? Uh, yeah, you're, you're saying, really providing, you're really yeah, providing an opportunity. It's more of, you know, it's a diversification opportunity. And, and I exactly. guess to, to follow up on that question is, I guess, why, you know, what are the benefits for someone to come in, you know, and, and have you guys essentially take, take the lead on these deals, which is what you've been doing? Yeah. So if somebody wanted to buy one of these themselves, I think that's what you're getting at. It's a lot of work, a lot of money you have to put up. Um, and it's, it's uncharted territory for a lot of people. Maybe somebody's owned a rental property, but that, you know, that's not managing a hundred unit property or, or anything like that. So to be able to, and I have actually uh, invested as a limited partner in, in, in a different deal as well. So um, 
so I, I have experience on, on both sides of the aisle, if you will. Um, but I, I, I think that the benefit to people is that, like you just said, people are, are busy um, a lot of, and, and, you know, these are not small amounts that people invest in. You're not investing hundred dollar chunks here and there. It's, it's, you know, 25 to a hundred grand as the minimums in, in, in these deals. So typically the people that are investing are higher net worth individuals and they're working and they, they either own a business or they're an executive at a company or something like that. And they just don't have the, they don't have the time to deal with buying an apartment building. So they would rather put that money with somebody that is in this full time, that is doing this, um, that is, that is doing this and is educated, that knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about and is going to identify and tie up good, good deals. And they'd rather just put it with them and let it ride. You know, it's no different than investing with, um, you know, some say Berkshire Hathaway. That's what Warren Buffett does. He, invest in um, stuff and people trust him with their money and that's how it works. I'm not saying that we're <laughs> Warren Buffett or Berkshire yeah. Hathaway or anything like that, Soon. but yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> um, but that's, that's why people do it and they want to, they want to diversify. They want to take advantage of the depreciation that's given from these uh, from investing in, in multifamily and specifically in um, commercial real estate. The, uh, the benefits that, that in, in terms of uh, taxes are, are incredible. Um, depreciation, bonus depreciation, uh, cost segregation, all that stuff. Just um, it, it, it's, it's incredible, as you know. So people wanna, want a piece of that and they don't wanna have to manage the, as Grant Cardone says, the tenants, termites, or toilets. That's so, true. So I would say that's the reason why people you know, would, would wanna come in as a limited partner. Yeah. And I can relate to that wholeheartedly. Um, Well, that's great. So that was a great summary and and excellent story. And and well, you you should be very proud of yourself. And I'm looking forward to seeing um, your your progress in in the near future and and even long term. Um, So we're going to wrap it up. I'm hoping some opportunities uh, come up after this coronavirus stuff. I'm hoping cap rates rise a little bit and we can find some stuff. No, Absolutely. Uh, we're all in this together. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to slowly wind this down and, um, we have just three, um, questions that we always ask at the end of our shows. And, you know, the first one would just be, you have a favorite, I know you mentioned a couple of books that you were reading. Is there anyone, any one book that stuck out to you in multifamily that you really liked? Yeah, it was, let me think for a second. It was probably, it was probably Paul Moore's book the perfect investment that was the one that that really opened my eyes interesting i actually haven't heard of that um it's a great book oh great and uh outside of real estate and and all this whole world you have what what are your hobbies uh man that's a that's a good question because i do enjoy what i'm doing and i work a lot uh i just got two dogs so those have been a uh, a hobby that's taking up pretty much all my time right now. <laughs> um, so that I have, I bought a flamethrower about a year ago. That thing is pretty cool. I don't shoot as much as I want, but that's, mm. I'm sure that's one you probably haven't heard of a ton, <laughs> but, no. but yeah, I mean, I'm a adrenaline junkie and yeah, it's, it's fun to shoot that thing. So wow. I would say that those two are my, are my hobbies. 
it's a topic for another show. Um, yeah, and exactly. Then, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, and then lastly, do you have a favorite role model, whether it's in real estate or even personally that you look yeah, up to? I, I would I'll, I'll, can I give you two? Yeah. So I would say my dad is, that's probably a cliche one though, but my dad was really huge and, uh, just changing the way I think and getting me to, uh, to really, he, he always believed in me and, and still does with, with everything I'm doing. Um, so, so definitely my dad. And then I, I think another one is, is, and this might also be a very common one, but Elon Musk, just what he has been able to do, how we, how we started his, his first startup zip Two or his first big startup was zip Two. He rolled that, um, into starting, um, x.com which turned into paypal which he sold for a lot of money to ebay and then that's kind of what allowed him to start spacex and uh get in with tesla and do all the the stuff he's doing now and he really i mean it's incredible hearing him talk and just hearing he, he has no he has no boundaries or, or or limits to what he thinks is is able to be accomplished it's and it's truly it's truly incredible and i think that if uh if you have a tenth of the um, of of the just just being able to to dream and 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 think big like he does, I mean, you'd be wildly successful. He literally puts no limits on anything. He's trying to get to Mars. You know, he's not worried about <laughs> a recession or anything like that. He's he's yeah. he's just trying to colonize Mars, which is nuts. So I think I think he's a good a good role model. Awesome. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Um, so very, very interesting. Well, well, how can people find you? Well, if they want to reach out to you. Yeah, they can, uh, they can listen to our show wealth junkies, or they can uh, just shoot me an email. Will at CEO capital partners.com. Right, great. Well, let's give, give Will another round of applause. And, and again, thank you so much for coming on uh, the discovering multifamily show. Um, again, I'm, I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can go to our website and it's under my company website, rednightproperties.com. Click on podcast media section. You could see, um, you know, this video and the audio transcription um, right on there. And uh, thanks again. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. You take care. Thank you.